Hello, dear listener, and welcome to Little Realms, a Dungeons & Dragons actual play podcast. I am your host and Game Master, Candice, and I am here with... I'm Sarah, and I play Vim, the playful tiefling who never wears her armor. I'm Dan, I play uh, Cyrus Sassafras, the elderly world-weary druid. I'm Nick, and I play Jarell, the wide-eyed elven scholar. And I'm Adam, and I play Arden, the stoic half-elven ranger. Our heroes are navigating the city of Mithra, trying to uncover its secrets as well as their own. Last time on Little Realms. I couldn't leave Cyrus to dump on himself. To lift his spirits, I dragged him around the festival and showed him how I like to have a good time. Ripping off carnival vendors and placing bets on myself. We arrived at the masquerade ready to dance. To my surprise, Yotam, a member of the Faceless, was also in attendance and asked for a dance and a private word. He asked for help honing his magic and I think I've accidentally volunteered. To the untrained eye, I spent the first hour of the masquerade kissing every hand and accepting every invitation to dance. Uh, frivolities aside, I was hard at work establishing an alibi. When I slip away for the heist, everyone at the masquerade will be able to vouch for my attendance. Exactly one hour after the masquerade began, and precisely one psychedelic mushroom, it was time to bugger off and make the way to the dumpster near Captain Mirne's estate. Mirne's not gonna know what or who hit him. Once we are in the alleyway, Cyrus turns, faces his belly to a wall, and grabs out a piece of flint and makes a small little fire so he can burn some mistletoe. And then the mistletoe ash he just scoops up grabs a sprig of a spruce and just like goes ha and throws it in the faces of his party members <laughs> while he's okay doing, while he's doing it he is uh chanting some juridic and casts pass without a trace for the next hour you all have a plus 10 bonus to your dexterity stealth checks. Cheryl's a little, like, kind of frozen and, like, not sure how to feel about someone else casting magic on them. <laughs> Arden, like, as soon as he gets there, he's, like, looking for the outfit he's supposed to change into, so he's in his outfit minimally. So when Cyrus, like, turns and throws the ash into his face, he, like, sputters and is actually surprised at this because he just <laughs> was not expecting it. You feel very sneaky, though. Like, you're covered in soot, but you're like, hmm. I feel yeah, and, and so sneaky, in fact, that, you know, Cyrus might not immediately notice that the response to having Ash thrown in his face was to draw his sword and wonder if Cyrus was going insane. I do not notice your your hand on your hilt. Just sort of rubbing some of the soot between their fingers like, so uh, what does this do exactly? 
no one's going to hear your footsteps. That's what it does. There's a creaky floor, a a a, a whistly window. You can walk right through it, and no one will be the wiser. This is perfect, Cyrus. And if anyone does happen to see us, no one will recognize who we are. And at that, Vim pulls open the lid to the trash can where all the costumes are hidden. And she like pulls out the big sack and just starts like emptying it on the ground at everyone's feet. Like Father Christmas. Vim, you brought garbage. I mean, it's not precisely garbage, but it is close. So in the pile, everyone should find at least a couple different costume options. Oh wait, um, this one's definitely mine, but everyone just kind of, you know, explore the space and put together a heist outfit. <laughs> Cyrus finds a, uh, a pink collared t-shirt. He keeps it the collar popped. He finds a beret. <laughs> And he finds a, uh, a very short kilt, and he puts it on. I look fantastic. Thank you. I mean, the kilt does look very you, actually. <laughs> it is. Arden goes to find his outfit. I, I think this wife beater t-shirt would look good on you. <laughs> when Arden is done, he's going to look quite a bit bulkier than he does normally. So his body shape, even though he can still kind of move decently, is not terribly recognizable. Mm-hmm. Vim is, like, looking Arden up and down and realizes, Oh, wearing my armor would have been a good idea. Well, <laughs> oh well. And then she puts on the pirate shirt she stole from that uh, vendor. Yes. But on her, it's basically like a piratey crop top. Grandma. <laughs> <laughs> And then she puts on, like, a, a floor-length maxi skirt. <laughs> I mean, Jarrell's wearing an illusion, so whatever they actually choose is probably just something that's pretty simple and not going to get caught on things. Yeah, probably something, like, relatively form-fitting but loose enough to move around in. And it probably looks kind of strange because they're wearing this illusion, and so, like, pieces of clothing are coming out in their hand without <laughs> the outfit they appear to be wearing changing, and then the clothes that they're putting on are just kind of vanishing. <laughs> what they appear to be wearing is probably, you know, a party costume, basically. It sounds like Jarrell is dressed like how them dresses normally. <laughs> Yeah, you know, some dark but colorful silks and, and that sort of thing. We are dressed for success. Do we just run in there? Well, before we run in there, we all have to put on these. And she pulls out a set of four masks that are these gaudy, awful, but somehow beautiful bird masks and gives one to each person. Oh, it's too bad that we're using these for this. This would be such a good souvenir. <laughs> Where are the birdie burglars? Arden sticks one of the absolutely flamboyant masks onto Cyrus. Just like, palms it, sticks it up against Cyrus's face. Snaps the elastic back on him. The raven is ready. Alright, let's go. Okay, lead the way. So Vim leads the party up to where you can see the edge of this property. And it is all 
fenced in with this wrought iron fence. There is a large gate in the very front of it, and there is a guard on either side of that gate. Do we recognize either of them? No, you do not. So it's not like the Sidra or something? No. Looking beyond the gate, are there lights on in the estate itself? There are not. Arden will gesture to the others in a way that would indicate that maybe we should not charge through the guards, but sneak our way around instead to a darker point of entry. Charles giving you a thumbs up, like, yep, totally agree. So are you just going to head around to the back of the estate? I mean, I'm going to look for a place where there aren't lights. Okay, uh, roll or roll to, perception. like, get over the fence or wherever. Yeah, roll perception for me. Yeah, okay, I yeah, rolled, everyone roll perception. got a 10, so roll the 14 overall. Okay. 18. 18. You could really only see the front of the property from where you are in the alley, but you kind of can figure, uh, Jarell especially, that the other properties probably butt up decently close to the fence line, and Arden, judging the fence from afar, uh, it fortunately doesn't have the pointy bits up at the top, so it's not like deadly if you fail getting over it, but it would still hurt. Uh, and as you are kind of watching, squinting, trying to figure this out, uh, you see the two guards turn to each other, exchange a few birds, and then one of them turns and starts walking presumably the perimeter of the property. Um, how far away is this? You are about, I would say, 30, 40 yards. So far enough away that you don't need to make like a stealth check or anything to stay out of the guard's sight as long as you're not, you know, doing anything flashy, but not close enough to get too much detail. So Arden thinks that they should loop around maybe one of the other houses. Like, I assume no one's in any of these houses right now. That is probably a safe assumption, yeah. Or if someone is, they're asleep. Yeah, so perhaps if we're being stealthy, Arden will actually whisper this to the others and say, perhaps we should uh, go into one of the yards and when the guards finish their rounds, we can sneak into the back and perhaps enter from there. Sounds good to me. Yeah, lead the way. Okay, everyone roll stealth, please. With our nice plus 10 You do get plus 10 on it. Oof. 18 plus 10, 28. Oof. Same for Dan. (laughs) 5 plus 10, 15. 18. Okay. As you're looking at the property, you loop around the right side. So you're sort of, you're not following behind the guard, but you get to that side of the property and there are like some, uh, like a copse, is that the right word? Of trees that is growing in the yard next to it. And some of these trees have gotten a little overgrown and the like periphery branches are poking over the top of the fence. Um, But it provides a a decent amount of cover to do whatever y'all are going to try to do. Well, Arden is a fairly nimble 
climber, so once he sort of gets visual nods from everybody that we're going in, he will go up and try to use the branch. One of the well, actually, first he's going to cast detect magic. Uh, or use detect magic. What's the range on detect magic again? Thirty it's feet. Thirty feet. No magic. Okay, in that case, he's going to uh, use one of the... Well, he's going to try to scramble up over the fence. He will not use the branches in fear of breaking them unless he feels like he's going to fall otherwise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Uh, go for it. Uh, Athletics. Not acrobatics? Can I use acrobatics? Yeah, go ahead and use acrobatics. Still not wonderful. I got a 13. You you make it up and over the fence, but it's not graceful. Um, and roll another acrobatics on your way down, please. That, yes. <laughs> yes, okay. Okay, 22. Okay. So I so, guess I, I, I drop like a rock once I'm over because of the lack of grace, but then end up like rolling out of it once I hit the ground instead of like, Having a hard fight. Face planting. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That is what happens. Who's up next? Drell might need a boost. (laughs) (laughs) Bim is happy to provide boosts. Okay. Should I roll? What was it? Athletics? Yeah. Athletics or acrobatics. Um, Vim, roll strength for give boost. Hmm. Twelve. Okay, good enough boost. Um, I got a 10. Girl is not good at this. <laughs> um, roll acrobatics. Four on the way down. Seven. Okay. Uh, Jarell was not prepared, and... <laughs> Jarell made it over the fence, no problem. And they also made it down the other side of the fence, no problem. They have discovered that falling is the easy part. And uh, this is like a 10-foot fence. Yeah. But you only take one damage. Yeah, I was going to say, I'm anticipating that they get the the wind knocked out of their sheets a bit. As they... (laughs) Hit the ground. Arden quickly goes over to make Jor- make sure Jarell's okay after okay. dodging out of the way of a falling Jarell. <laughs> Elves are falling from the sky. Um, and also looks to make sure the guards didn't hear. Yeah, roll a stealth, Jarell. Fifteen. You manage to uh, stifle. The, the brunt of your <laughs> on the other side of the fence Vim leans over to Cyrus well that seemed to go super well uh alright here you go <laughs> he's giving a thumbs up come on babe I'm here you're getting a boost over the fence and a tree from Vim roll athletics and then acrobatics uh what's your athletics modifier babe uh, it's like plus We got 16 for the way up, 8 on the way down. Okay, so with the 16, 
Cyrus is actually able to make it up and over the fence, and he like slides down one of the bars on the other side and makes it uh, surprisingly nimbly to the ground. And then Vim follows quickly after. Okay. Ooh, 18 to get up. Yeah, Vim is also able to make it over the fence, no problem. She looks like she's climbed over a fence before. <laughs> <laughs> and so where you are on the inside of the fence, you would be along the east side of this house. The entire grounds is probably close to three quarters of a football field if it were square. It is all enclosed by a wrought iron fence. There is a large wrought iron gate in front of the house that opens onto a walkway that's of crushed stone that is roughly wide enough for a carriage. One path leads to the front door of the manor. Another branch of the gravel path leads to a fancy-looking stables. And then a third, smaller branching path presumably leads to the guest house. The east sides of both the main house and the guest house are facing you. And the house itself is made entirely of brick and is two stories tall. So upon seeing this, Vim kind of like squints her eyes at the two different houses and then whispers back to the group. So what my so so what Indigo, I mean, oh what my what my informant told me is that uh, so the large house is definitely where Myrne lives and that that's where we're looking for um, it's like a, a ledger or some some tax documents. They're they're probably in an office or a study or a safe or something along those lines. And then the other house, that's the small one. That's where Rowan lives. And that's where hopefully we're able to find some kind of grim trophy that he took from, well, from when we suspect he killed Liara. So um, what do y'all, where do y'all think we should go first? Well, we actually want to take the ledger. I think we should start there and then use whatever time we have left to search for the pin. It makes sense to me. Everyone rolled their perception check. Cyrus sees the outline of the presumably a back door of some type. Everyone makes a break for it. Cyrus in the lead. Here, go, go. This is the entrance. Let's go. Let's do it. We dash. Cyrus dashes. You all following him make it up to the door. As soon as I get there, I grab the doorknob. Wait. And I just try to open. What? Jarrell grabs Cyrus's wrist. We should check if it's got a magical alarm or anything on it first. Oh, can you do that? Jarrell looks at Arden. Arden looks yeah. at it. When Arden makes it up to the door, you're, you don't detect any magic. It's clean. Do what you will, but... Don't be too noisy about it. Cyrus opens the door and just, like, scurries in. The door is locked. Ow! So you, like, pull the handle down on the door, and it doesn't budge. Can we... What's the store look like? The door is a heavy wooden door with a glass panel in it, and the handle of it is a lever handle with what looks like just a normal... Like, if you had a key to open the lock, there's not, like, a deadbolt or anything. 
Do you think we could smash the glass and then lock it from the inside, or? No, we're not gonna smash glass when we're trying to be sneaky. Oh right. I've got, I've got acid. Don't do any of you have a spell or anything? Well, I, I, you know what? I have something. Let me, let me just hold on. Let me. And she kind of steps forward and and kind of clasps both of her hands around the door and is like. Cyrus steps aside, waiting to see a spell. <laughs> <laughs> what, what do you got? Don't worry, I've got this. And then she, like, clasping her hands around this doorknob, she tries to, like, use all the strength to just, like, wrench it, just wrench it around and just, like, break whatever is inside this door. So Vim takes a hold of the door handle, uh, leans all of her weight into it, tries to press the lever of the door down, you get like half an inch and then it stops and Vim is like on her tiptoes putting all of her weight on it and it's just not going anywhere. Uh, well, um, I could, oh fuck, I can't smash it. I, um, you know what? I didn't bring any weapons. Okay, so, uh. Teamwork is dreamwork. Why don't you do your your muscle spell again and I'll, <laughs> and I'll do some of my spell. <laughs> my spell pull out my uh, little green vial carefully got both hands grasped like a kid holding a pencil and then I <laughs> I pop the cork and I start pouring it into the keyhole and grab grab it from above so I don't accidentally spill acid on your hands <laughs> all right oh okay all right so you are able to pour the acid successfully onto the lock specifically. And after a tense 35, 40 seconds, the handle finally budges under Vim's weight. And you're all able to make your way inside. Arden, when he's once he's in, he's going to take a look around to see if there's anything magical in here that might be something to worry about. There is not, and the room is small enough that your detect magic can pretty much ping all of the walls. I'm going to close the door behind us. <laughs> yeah. So inside the room, once everyone is in, directly in front of you is this large wooden canopied king-size bed. The covers on it look like they are silk. The pillows on it are overstuffed and the canopy above it is a fabric with just a god-awful pattern on it. Flanking the bed sitting against the wall behind it are two overly large bedside tables that look more like small secretaries than something that a normal person would put on either side of their bed to hold knickknacks. And then on the wall to your left are two doors, one that's closer to you and one that's farther from you. Presumably one would lead into a closet and then one would lead into the rest of the house. The final feature of the room is a large writing desk set against the wall across from you, and above the writing desk is a very large landscape painting that is framed in a uh, silver frame. Cyrus looks at the, the paintings. Whether we find proof or not, one thing is for sure. 
Myrna is guilty of bad taste. Joel's looking around with disgust, like nodding in agreement. <laughs> also, I can only assume that no one's ever been in here before. Otherwise, it wouldn't be too hard to figure out that he's embezzling money from somewhere. I, I mean, okay. I kind of like it, but... Jarrell looks at you in kind of like startlement, like, Cyrus really? This? <laughs> I guess I've never invited you into my home. <laughs> it has a certain... You know what? Never mind. Let's look for... What are we looking for? <laughs> a safe or something. Yeah, somewhere where you would hide a, a book or a ledger. I... I honestly, actually, wait, no, I have no idea how big one of those would be. All of my receipts are kind of on, um, loose parchment. Anyways, wherever that would be, that's where we're looking. Do you at least know, is it like a standing safe or built into something, or? Um, well, uh, my guess is, uh, whichever one's more common, it's, it's probably that. Drell's looking at you like you're crazy. Arden is going to go over to this painting and check it out to see if it's been moved okay. recently. All right, so Arden goes is going to the painting. Where is everyone else going? Cyrus will go towards one of those, you said nightstands, but they weren't nightstands. Yeah. Were, were they nightstands? They're nightstands, but they're like really, they look like really large secretaries and that they've got like a drawer two or three drawers on the top of them and like a big cabinet space underneath. Well, Osiris is going to (laughs) look for like dust displacement or anything that would suggest that one of them has been moved. Maybe there's a hidden safe behind one of them. (laughs) Okay, so Osiris on the nightstands. Uh, Joel's, I think, gonna make a kind of a perimeter of the room and also be looking at like anything that would give us a clearer idea of who this guy is, like books or knickknacks or anything like that. Right, right. And what is Vim doing? Vim, like, at first it looks like she's starting to pace around the room, but then we realize that she's sort of walking very carefully, and as she's placing her feet, she's trying to figure out if there's any spots where maybe floorboards are loose or where it feels a little hollow, um, and thinking maybe one of them might be able to be pulled up. So Vim is walking carefully around the room and is fairly confident that the floor under this room is solid. Um, However, you do know that houses built in this kind of manner uh, probably do have a cellar somewhere. Jarrell is doing just kind of a sweep of the room and... uh, You get a pretty good idea of just how, like, tacky this guy is. Uh, Taking a closer look at the woodworking on, like, the closet door and stuff, it looks really intricate, but it's actually just pretty boring. And you can find, like, imperfections in the, like, the bed frame and things like that. It is, however, decently sparse on knickknacks and such. You find a few half-consumed liquor bottles scattered about in the in and on the writing desk, as well as a lantern that's turned to, like, very, very low that's sitting on the writing desk, providing just enough light in the room to see by. And be a fire hazard. (laughs) And be a fire hazard, yeah. Arden takes a closer look at the painting, and from what you can tell, the painting has not gone under any maintenance for quite a while. 
you pull the painting just a little bit away from the wall and the wall behind the painting is like half a shade darker than the wall around it and it seems as though this painting was hung here and then never moved and the furniture in this room might have been like moved around it a couple of times. Cyrus, who is investigating the bedside stand specifically, notices that they are identical and after opening up the drawers and the cabinet part of both of them, realizes that the nightstand that's between the wall and the bed seems to be slightly shallower than the other one. Well, that's odd. With my long fingernails, I start scraping on the inside to see if I can't find any, like, false bottom. Poking around the inside of the then Cyrus is able to get his gross long fingernails to catch on a false back to this cabinet and is able to pull the false back out, revealing the front of a safe that has a keyhole and a lever. Oh, ho, ho. what'd you find? Come, come over here quick. I, I, <clears throat> I found the safe. This is suspiciously easy. Drell takes a look at it. Is this thing built into the cabinet or is it like in like sitting inside of it? What Jarrell and Vim both find from examining the the way the safe is built into the cabinet is it seems like there is a wooden frame that is built around the safe and then the panels are put into that frame. The front of the safe is visible, but there's like a wooden lip around the front of it that prevents it from being pulled out from the front. Does it have like screws or bolts or something, or is it just an all wooden affair? It's, it looks like all wooden joints and probably pegs that are holding it together. I think we could probably just disassemble it, and I I would imagine that the safe itself is the sort of metal box inside of the, of the thing. Um, I, we might be able to just pull out part of the cabinet and remove it rather than taking the whole thing while i (laughs) while i do think i could carry this um whole nightstand around with us i i don't think i think that would be rather conspicuous let's yeah let's try to pull this thing apart anyone got a knife i've got some cooking utensils you just carry those around with you well you never know when you're going to Need a little snack? (laughs) Cheryl looks over them. Well, I don't think my spoon will fit very well. Arden will go over and say, well, short sword takes it out. Will this work? Um, I suppose. Jarrell takes it very hesitantly, like, obviously very unfamiliar with, with holding a weapon like this. Um, yeah, Vim has a moment where she kind of wonders... Has Jarrell ever held a sword before? Maybe once or twice. Well, <laughs> she's a lot of siblings. <laughs> they're onto a lot of different things <laughs> that they're always trying to get each other interested in. <laughs> so yes, but reluctantly and not well. Well, Jarrell kind of glances at Vim. I guess I'll just try to find a, a, a seam or something. Yes, do do that. Vim, like, kind of is looking on a bit amused, 
but then her eyes flick down to the end table and she starts to look at it from her sort of like woodworkers and carvers perspective and is trying to dial in on oh I think I've seen something like this built before and I think I know where maybe some of the weaker joins and pegging are I'm going to cast light on my on my family ring too just so the two of us have basically a little pen light that we can use together you find a corner that you can wedge the short sword into and then together you can you wrench the short sword down as you have found a upper corner and the entire back panel buckles along that weak point that you have created This is such a piece of crap. <laughs> it's like that shitty backing you get on. I mean, most of my furniture is from Ikea. So like, I feel this, but it, it's like that. It's MDF. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's exactly like that. But the rest of the piece looks like perfect and made of very solid wood. But like they cheaped out with like the yield Ikea on that back yes. piece. Yes. This is such the- terrible craftsmanship. This undermines the point of building a safe into a piece of furniture. Oh my gosh. The front of the bedside table is our house and back of it is Ikea. <laughs> <laughs> Drell puts aside the, the back piece and, and sort of examines to see if this thing can this thing just be pulled out or does it need is there some other catch or or joint holding it in yeah so if uh, someone gives it a good shove from the front it should pop out the back no problem i've got it hold on grab my biceps a little bit squat down one two arden will move into position to catch this jerrell gets out of the way So Vim is kind of like sizing it up and trying to figure out how she's going to pop this safe out of place. And she realizes, oh, I, you know, I really should have brought just anything that I owned, but oh well. And she ends up like kind of sticking her foot inside of the drawer and ends up like kicking it a few times to tap it out the backside. (laughs) So on the final tap, Vim misjudges her own strength and sends the safe flying out the back directly into Arden's chest, who recoils directly into Cyrus, who directly hits the wall, and both of them collapse into a heap. Oh! But the safe does not clatter noisily against the ground. They're all sort of whirls on them, like, with their finger pressed to their mouth, like, shh, what are you? Yeah, Arden glares back at Cyrus, because obviously this is all Cyrus's fault. (laughs) (laughs) Then gets up to make sure that no guards heard them from outside. Arden peeks out the the glass back door, and it looks that you are in the clear. You can't see a guard from where you are. Yeah, it looks like we didn't alert anyone. Jarell sort of examines the back of the cabinet um, to see if they could put it back in and reassemble the cabinet, essentially. You And definitely with mending, you can totally do that. All right. Yeah. Okay. I cast mending and I, I just slot it back into place. Why are you fixing this asshole's house? Well, because then it might take him longer to realize that we've stolen from him. So um, what do we do with the safe? Do you think we should try to open it or just bring it with us? Or maybe we could use a rope to pull it over the fence? Hey, Muscles, can you carry this? 
I mean, it does look rather weighty, but <laughs> she kind of does like a like a strong like a strong person flex, and then like kisses a bicep, <laughs> and it's like popping through the the stolen grandma's love shirt that she's wearing. <laughs> Wait, are you in a disguise self? No, so no. to remember, Vim is specifically wearing the shirt she stole from, or not stole, that she got from that vendor who said it was made with Grandma's love. <laughs> no, it was Grandmama's shirt. Oh my god. It She's was her literal her. shirt. Vim flexes and then goes, yeah, I think I'll be alright. I mean, the the wall's gonna be tricky, but, you know, we'll, um, we'll figure it out when we get there. And she'll go and kind of try to muscle up the safe. How much does this thing weigh? So it weighs approximately a 30 pack of Coke. Cans of Coke. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so it's like, you could carry it short distances just fine, but carrying it any for any length of time uh, with any amount of hurrying it up would require a couple of checks. Okay, so Vim kind of cradles it in her arms like a newborn. We really don't know anyone who could get through that lock without the use of acid or something that could damage what's inside. Well, we don't want to make a lot a lot of noise or anything. I mean, and also we're not supposed to have it technically, so... Once we're out of here, we can spend all the time in the world figuring out how to open it safely. But let's either get the hell out of here or go to the next house. One second. Arden's going to go over and check the other end table for a key. Oh, that's a good idea. (laughs) He's probably got that kind of security going on, too. (laughs) So uh, you go over to the other nightstand, and on this nightstand, there's like another half-drunk bottle of wine, and the mirror is a little smudged on it. And as you're going through drawers... Underneath the back issue of Play Elf, Tact and Track, and Nasty Nymphs, you find a little silver key. Arden will discard the porn mags onto the bed. He takes the key over and tries to use it on this safe. So the key does in fact fit into the safe, and you hear the click and you're able to pull the lever down, open up the door of the safe, it swings open. Inside is a large-ish leather-bound book and another key. Did we just disassemble that that cabinet for nothing? (laughs) Drill reaches in and grabs the book. Cyrus scoots over to the bed where Arden tossed the the magazines and goes, what do we got here? Grabs them, scoops them up. Walks next to Jarell as Jarell is flipping through the ledger, and Cyrus kind of mimics Jarell shoulder to shoulder <laughs> and starts flipping, flipping through flipping the magazines. Through. <laughs> Jarell's probably not paying a ton of attention at first. So, is this? I mean, is this look like the ledger we're looking for? You can tell that it's definitely a ledger, but the the words are written. It probably looks like some sort of cipher. Well, Gerald sort of holds it out to Vim, sort of showing her what they're looking at. It, it looks like a ledger, but it's in some sort of strange language or maybe a, a code. Did your, um, they sort of roll their eyes and make big finger, finger quotes. Um, did your informant say anything about that or, um, about, oh God, about a strange language? Uh, she kind of like 
rubs at her temples a little bit and in her kind of classic frustrated stance as she looks at the at the the gobbledygook in the journal actually you know what yeah now now that you say that i uh my informant did tell me that it was um and she snaps a bit oh it, it's a cipher so um you you have to know the key and then you're able to um decode the the you know the gobbledygook the you know the random letters i i do have the key to the cipher well that's convenient Drill crams the ledger i guess into their shirt and sort of glances over to what cyrus is trying to show them <laughs> Cyrus currently has the full-page spread of a country scene of a dapper young man shirtless in the stables, and next to this dapper young man is the graceful butt of a horse with, like, a wispy tail billowing in the breeze. I think we've got the evidence we need right here. (laughs) <laughs> oh my goodness. We'll end his career. Jarrell's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like trying to stifle their giggles and not be loud. <laughs> Maybe there's a code in here. Do we, Wait, wait. Never mind. We already have the code. <laughs> I'll, I'll let that out. Plot <laughs> <laughs> <Hot> twist. <laughs> you explain why he keeps rowing nearby. Like, he likes to be surrounded by horses' asses. Like, contained in the butthole of every horse is a rune. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> <laughs> I leave that deciphering to someone else. Bim is like blushing and closing her eyes. <laughs> so then, what's this? Jarrell picks up the other key. Does it also look like a safe key, or does it look like it's for something else? It looks bigger than a safe key. It looks like a normal like door key. We don't have all the time in the world, but I'm just thinking. Liara did say something about in her last entry, or the entry that was in the box, that Myrne had seemed like he wanted to say something else, but but didn't. Do you think there's some other secret we should try to follow up on here, or...? I say we get what we get, and we get out while the getting's good. We might be able to keep the key, and if we need to, break in sometime later, but we don't have all that long, and we still need to find out what we can about Roan as well. I agree with Arden. I uh, I don't know anything about what else might be contained in the house, but you're right. Maybe maybe Mirne wrote down that thing he wouldn't say to Liara. We should definitely steal this key. I mean, take the key with us. We can just turn it over to Landon and maybe he'll get a proper search warrant. You're right. Yeah, let's go. They shoved that in their pocket too. Cyrus runs to a window where he can see Rowan's house. Cyrus peeks out the window and Cyrus is able to spot the guard at what appears to be a regular rotation walking around the east side of the fence, turn the corner to the north side of the fence and Cyrus is able to kind of count the paces that it would take for the guard to make it past the backside of the guest house to the far, essentially the far corner of the fence where it would be reasonably safe for the party to make a dash for it to the next door. One Mithrin, two Mithrin, three Mithrin, four Mithrin. <laughs> All right, go, go, go. Wait, should we hide the safe first? No, take it with us. <laughs> Why? 
No, Why are we, we taking an empty safe with us? I forgot. We should hide it. <laughs> As Cyrus starts counting and it's clear that they're about to move on. Bim like starts to ready herself and then realizes she's holding this like 30 pound safe. And her first thought is, I'm very strong. And then her <laughs> second thought is, this is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then she starts to like, like look around real quick, like where can I fucking hide this? And then she like kind of half drops it on the ground and just starts to like shove it underneath the bed. And at the last second, she thinks to take a pillow off the bed, put the safe on the pillow and scoot the whole thing as far under the bed as she could reach. Yeah, she's very sneaky. And then after, like, relieving herself or liberating herself of this heavy, heavy safe, she prepares herself to kind of run after and follow the group in earnest. I shove the porn in my back pocket and run. Arden doesn't take anything that could be, you know, recognized as something that we'd have from having broken into Mirne's house and uh, goes off to cross the yard as well. We close the door behind us. <laughs> yes. Once Cyrus gives everyone the go-ahead, you're like a surprisingly well-oiled machine as you crouch low and dash across the yard, which does have an actual, like, fancy-ish fire pit in the middle of it with, like, yield lawn chairs around it, and you all are able to make it up to the door of the guest house where Rowan stays. Um, uh, hello, my name is Sergeant Landon, and I would like to thank you for listening to this episode of Little Realms. If you like the show and want to stay up to date, make sure to hit that like and subscribe button wherever you are listening. You can also find us on social media, on Twitter at PodRealms, and on the web at littlerealms.com, and on Discord using the link in the show notes. May your journey be successful. And we'll see you next time. Our next ad swap is from LCP D&D. This is one of my favorite D&D actual play podcasts. Uh, it's a homebrew Western. The DM is amazing. The players are amazing. And I've stopped listening to a lot of other podcasts just to pay attention to these guys. And you should give them a try. It's so, so good. Yes, Dan recommended it to the rest of us and we started listening and I like binged it. I I cried in a cafe. It was good. Okay, I want Candace to take credit to first. <laughs> I want to take credit as the first one to listen to it. Yes. Dan pestered me on an almost daily basis yeah, to listen to it. I love me a goddamn Western. Because let me tell you, partner, I was born and raised in Texas, and that Southern you just can't get out of me. I like me some horses and some shotguns and some magic homebrew world. And let me tell you, I got no goddamn idea what's going on in the story, which means the DM is also excellent. So you should watch it, partner. I'm also yeah. drunk. Super good. Su like, amazing story, amazing pacing, amazing characters. Like, outstanding also, editing. Just in a great group of people. Just I'm really a amazing uh, <laughs> cast. I'm a big fan of Igman. <laughs> oh. I will take credit as uh, only starting to listen to LCP after maybe five months of everyone else pestering me to do so. 
and the moment I started listening it had me in stitches and I was like kind of kicking myself for waiting so long to listen I haven't listened to it yet but after hearing all of what everybody else is saying about it now I'm going to need to start yeah drink the Kool-Aid Adam drink the Kool-Aid yes It'll get you drunk. Drink <laughs> 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 <Bring> the whiskey. <laughs> so oh here's the ad. <laughs> is that anything? LCP D&D is an actual play and audio drama podcast that's filled with comedy. So, Igmit, why don't you go ahead and roll me a stealth check while you go towards that outhouse? All right. Um, excuse me, folks. I got to go see a man about a buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> with mystery. She tore the three kids limb from limb and doesn't remember doing it at all. Anyone who's gone crazy has either died or exploded. With drama, why do I have a guilty conscience now? You're seeing a different way of life out here. It might be a harsher one, but there's a sense of justice. And with horror. This creature, it, it stands almost 20 feet tall and it just makes this awful squelching sound as it's as it's like looking at its hands and, and its legs and just taking stock of the situation. Search for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast service or visit lcpdnd.com. As always, all the wonderful music you hear on Little Realms is made possible by royalty-free content creators out there. Big shout out to purpleplanet.com tabletopaudio.com, freesounds.com, and computech.com by Kevin McLeod, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0. Also uh, a new one, freepd.com. And lastly, I want to give a big shout-out to a local band of DM Candice is Blame Not the Bard. Some of the festival music you heard today came from Blame Not the Bard, and I will include links to their uh, website and their Facebook in the show notes of this episode.